0: It's going to be a very tough holiday season, and that means the excuses are flying from the Biden White House and the media, the left-wing media. We should talk about this. But first, a little update. Apparently, there aren't 100 Americans stuck in Afghanistan. There are about 439 that we know of. Hmm. Does it seem like someone is lying about something? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Feel like absolute garbage. I mean, my God, this COVID thing is just terrible. Um, I almost didn't even do this podcast simply because I was just so under the weather. I, I slept till 10.30 this morning. I mean, it must be nice And it is. But I figured, I wrote this thing today, and I figured, you know what, we got to talk about it. So, we are in the middle of the worst inflation in 30 years. And a lot of people are comparing this to the inflation that we had back in the 70s. And they should be comparing us to the inflation in the 70s, because it is about the same. We have a product, we have a... um, shortage in product creation. We have a supply chain shortage. And according to Janet Yellen, we're going to be uh, stuck with this for at least two years, for at least the next year and a half. Remember what I told you, oh, I don't know, day before yesterday? I told you the media's new narrative is inflation and supply shortages are a good thing. And that we as Americans, need to change our way. I even gave you a couple of New York Times and Washington Post articles uh, basically talking about we have too many cars, get over it, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's another story from CNN. Let's go over some of these stories because they're insane. So this this clip is from Farid Zakaria from CNN. It's a little bit long, But I do want to talk a lot about what he says because it's just a lie and it's wrong. And for a guy who is supposed to be some sort of economics expert, or at least that's what he wants us to believe, you'd think he'd say something better about the real, the true nature of economics. He doesn't. So listen.
1: Now for the last look. Welcome to Striketober. That is what labor activists are calling the wave of walkouts by American workers this month of October. Last week, 10,000 workers at the farm equipment manufacturer John Deere went on strike over pay and retirement benefits. 1,400 workers at Kellogg's have been striking for weeks, and more are potentially on the horizon. Thousands of nurses and other workers at the healthcare conglomerate Kaiser Permanente are poised to strike as they negotiate their contracts.
0: Now, there's a bit of a problem here. I played his introduction. I I didn't think I could really ignore the introduction. The clip is about four minutes. I don't want to go over all four minutes. But here's the problem. A lot of people are striking not because of what he's going to say is minimum wage, low wages, poor working conditions, because that's what he talks about. People are striking because they're not going for that Biden mandate that he's trying to throw. Most people in hospitals are not retiring because they're not getting, they're not quitting because they're not getting money. They're quitting because you're forcing 30% of the workforce to get a jab they don't want to get. So right off the bat, and by the way, I I tell you this all the time, if a news story starts with a lie, a book, a philosophy starts with a lie, it's completely already irrelevant to me. And this is the lie that CNN started with this story. So let's let's move on down the line and, and listen to some more.
1: It's difficult to overstate how extraordinary this is, As Carl Smith notes in Bloomberg, the scale of resignations this year is beyond anything on record. Many believe it echoes what we're seeing with the strikes. Workers seem to be unhappy with long hours, low pay, and generally poor working conditions. And a record number of job openings gives them the freedom to demand more or walk away. This phenomenon has inspired panic in some employers who are desperate for workers. Their fears that the shortage will hurt small businesses or that a rise in wages would make business less competitive in general. But these fears are misplaced.
0: The demonization of profit by business is what he's talking about here, is what he's trying to do. That a business, a man who invests his life savings into a business is a bad thing they don't look at and and he expects to make more money than the employees the owner of a business expects more money than the employees get is really a problem with the left because what they want is they want equity everybody earns the same yes johnny uh new business needs to earn the same as his employees This is not economics. And it's insane that they would sit there and say, well, this is going to affect small business. Well, you know, pay more. That's essentially what this is going to. This is where this guy is going. It's sick. It's evil. It's wrong. Hey, I got news to you. I've been a worker all my life. I I ran two businesses in my life. I ran, I, I failed. Okay. I had to invest into those businesses But, and it's, I'm not a bad person because I failed at business, but a person who creates a great business should not be demonized because he needs to pay his employees what he can afford so that he can make it, he or she can make a profit and profits are good. They're not bad.
1: Let's listen to more. These trends are actually good news, especially for American workers who are in dire need of good news. As the MIT professor David Order recently wrote in The Times, the US economy has long been plagued by a glut of bad jobs. Take a look at pay. Low skilled American workers are some of the lowest paid in the industrialized world. They make almost one third less per hour than their counterparts in Canada. Low skilled Norwegian workers are paid more than twice as much. As Nick Kristof wrote last year in a New York Times op-ed, a worker in McDonald's in Denmark earns about $22 an hour. In the U.S., those workers are still fighting for just $15. But pay isn't the only problem. MIT's author writes, American workers also receive less notice and severance when they're fired compared to workers in other wealthy countries. They take less vacation. Unlike their peers in most other rich countries, they don't have guaranteed paid parental leave. Order says that the labor shortages we're seeing, the record job openings alongside record resignations, are a market phenomenon that compels companies to improve on some of these policies to attract workers.
0: Okay, I'm done with this clown. Uh, here are some major problems with Zachariah's arguments in that last two-minute diatribe. The reason people are leaving the market is not the pay. The reality is the pay is actually up. it was before the pandemic and that's because of inflation it's because people are being paid by the government not to work they get more money by being unemployed than working the reality is if these people were not getting paid we would not have inflation right now where a lot of people want products that just aren't there supply and demand There's a lot of demand. There's no supply right now. So people have a ton of money. So the fact that he says that the reason people are quitting is because they want better paying jobs. That's just a lie. It's not true. And hey, Newsflash, if it was true, what about about two years ago when people were working for the minimum wage... And suddenly they don't want to work for for minimum wage. Could it be because these people working minimum wage two years ago have gotten so much money from the government? Now that's Trump and Biden. That now they just don't want to work or they don't see a point to work? Or they quit so that they can go back on unemployment because it pays them so much? And that Joe Biden is actually helping this along by saying you shouldn't have to work? He points out the rich countries. I, 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 this is an awful argument. I hate this argument. Everyone points to Norway and Japan and Denmark and Germany and all these. It's a terrible argument. These countries that he's pointing to and the countries he, he listed, you, could, you can't see it through the podcast, but Canada, Norway, Japan, uh, United Kingdom, Denmark, and Germany, All of those countries have stagnant economies, economies. They do not innovate. They do not create. They do not produce. All they do, I'm sorry, all they do is produce from somebody else. You could even say China. China doesn't innovate anything except defense. They produce everything and that's because of the United States. It's United States companies that are American companies that are actually making the Chinese economy strong. I think that's a bad thing. The currencies of these countries that he talks about are actually um, weaker than it is in the United States. The United States dollar is a lot higher here. Well, it was until uh, socialist Joe Biden took over. The dollar was really strong. I mean a dollar in in Canada was always like $2 compared to the United States. It's like the peso. That $1 in Mexico will get you two will get you 20,000 pesos. And another thing they have a problem with is all the countries he mentioned are nanny states. So They have really high taxes and countries like Norway and Denmark are actually saying we need to scale back a little bit because we can't keep doing this. The cost of living in these countries is extremely high. You pay $11 for a Big Mac in Norway. You spend, I'm not kidding here, I looked this up, $65 for a watermelon in Japan. You want to bring that to this country? And finally, this is nothing more than an attack on our capitalism. And it ignores all of the accomplishments of this country. And by the way, that's par usual. I mean, that's what they do. We've been to the moon. Contrary to what Chad is going to say, one of my buddies. I, if he's listening, he'll know. We've been to every planet in the solar system and we were the first country that actually took pictures of Pluto. We invented television, the phone, the smartphone, the computer, space flight, nuclear fission, the car, the internet, the production line, and let's not forget baseball because baseball is awesome. Outside Of some really cool cruise ships? What has Norway done? And even Japan, a lot of their technology is actually from the United States, stolen from the United States. I know that's a fact. I know that is a fact. What this little diatribe is about is excusing the supply chain crisis by demonizing capitalism. It's all crap. It's not true. But we can't blame Joe Biden. That's what this is doing. And here's another article from Vox.com called It's Time for Americans to Buy Less Stuff, stuff by Terry Wynn. This is a talking point with the left now. That the supply chain crisis is a good thing. And this article really hits it. In other words, it's American consumers' fault that we have a supply chain crisis. And by the way, environmental justice or whatever, the environment is dying because of American consumers. Our expectations are to be able to consume products is what is literally ending the world. I'm not exaggerating. The article starts simple enough. By the way, the article is from Vox.com. So it starts simple enough. In September, I started getting pesky emails from brands hinting that I should get a head start on my holiday shopping. Next came the headlines. Then the reminders from social media users dishing out the same advice. By the way, um, that advice was also given by Kamala Harris, the vice president. So... What he's trying to do is minimize the fact that um, we should shop early because of the supply chain crisis. Continuing, holiday shopping starts a little earlier every year, that's true, but this isn't the typical push. People are encouraged to order their gifts as soon as possible or risk having packages arrive late due to rampant supply chain disruptions and mailing delays even books yes books aren't safe from the impending shortages the holiday shopping industrial complex I love that word industrial complex in other words they're trying to take a face away from jobs from people who are actually helping to get your stuff to the uh, your stuff to your doorstep that's what they're doing. The holiday shopping industrial complex feels especially unavoidable in 2021, with Halloween still more than a week away. Amazon, Macy's, Target, and Walmart have launched early bird sales. The retails are preparing to dish out millions of dollars on ads f- for strong quarter sales. Now, all this is true. Not, nothing he's saying is wrong. What? But you listen to what he's actually saying. Um, so their, retailers are preparing to dish out millions of dollars on ads. Makes it seem like okay, they're just they're just greedy. Okay, um, so a lot of this is true, but now the opinion piece goes far darker. Early holiday shopping sprees are good news for retail corporations, logistics companies, and U.S. and the U.S. economy, but bad ultimately. For millions of workers, I, I want you to remember that, manufacturing, retail, logistics, and warehouse workers, and the planet, we, because climate change has become the religion of the left. Instead of opting to order our Christmas presents early, perhaps now is a time to consider America's great shopping addiction. Yeah, I love it when the left talks about addictions because they don't seem to give a damn about addictions on the streets for the homeless. But it's always about us. So here we go. The poor workers. That's what we saw in CNN in the last story. The workers aren't working because they're being victimized. There's a problem with that. And basically, this article shows the contradiction. And then there's the other thing. The planet will blow up if, you, if I buy an Xbox. You actually hear this more later. American consumers are bad. And because they're buying more stuff, they're destroying the climate. So they're evil. Here's the problem. Um, the left generally forgets this, that the workers are the consumers. So right off the bat, there's your hypocrisy. The workers are actually evil. This is an elitist talking point that they never seem to catch. Why do I work so I can buy food and Xboxes and, you know, like uh, Jen Psaki said, buy treadmills and things like that? We're actually the consumers. So let's go further down the article. When the stuff we want is so hard to get a hold of, why go to such lengths to buy it? How about because I want to? Because the stuff I buy makes my life easier? The stuff I buy makes my life better? And the stuff I buy, and this is something he doesn't bring up in the article, the stuff I buy is needed. I have to have it. Continuing, consumers had the option to not order items manufactured overseas. This is absolutely true. I actually agree with this statement. But that's why we should bring manufacturing back to the United States, which the left doesn't want to do. Barack Obama is famously quoted as saying that um, we will never be a manufacturing country again. Donald Trump actually brought manufacturing back to the United States. I point to Harley-Davidson. Harley-Davidson was going to manufacture their motorcycles in China. And because of Donald Trump's tariffs and things like that, they brought it back over to the United States. Now Joe Biden is in office, and guess what? Now manufacturing is going to Mexico for Harley-Davidson. Okay, continuing. Um... To source things locally from small businesses or artisans. I have no problem with any of that. I, I, I personally like dealing with small businesses and artisans. But, I mean, an Xbox is not going to come from a small business or an artisan. We I, And this goes into my point a couple of podcasts ago where I, I sat back and said, I should be able to buy whatever I want. I'm an American. I work. I deserve to get what I want to get. We also have a choice that eliminates potential for shipping or supply chain mishaps. We can just buy less. Okay, the supply chain mishap is not a mishap. It's a crisis. And we're going to get into a little bit about this in a second. Because he's making it out like not being able to buy your PlayStation or your Xbox or your treadmill is not a big deal. The problem is that it's not about the treadmill, the Xbox, or the PlayStation. The f- shelves are empty at the grocery store. I can't buy toilet paper. I can't buy paper towels. I Food has increased. And food is becoming rare. We're going to talk about that when we talk about Thanksgiving. Continuing, we know that our collective consumption of consumer goods, from the creation of plastic toys to the fossil fuels that ship them to our homes, isn't good for the environment. Yes, on a consumer level, our ability to control resource consumption is minimal, but that doesn't mean there's no good holiday season where gift exchanges don't require Amazon Prime account or transit via multiple shipping consa- containers. Mindfulness is has its own benefits especially for affluent customers which includes america's upper middle class the higher income consumers among us use far more resources than a, a less well off and are responsible for influencing shopping okay this environment thing i got to tell you is annoying i especially considering china china produces two to three times the amount of CO2 that the United States produces. Yet that's never brought up by the left. And and here's the whole thing. This is, again, a class warfare statement. Mindfulness of its own benefits, especially for affluent customers. Consumers are not just rich people. Consumers is everybody. And it, it, it refuses to actually acknowledge that. That, hey, you know something? The guy who lives in his car needs to buy toilet paper just as much as the guy who owns Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. It's garbage. So let's go into, uh, let's go next next statement, a little further down the article. I'm not going to read the entire article. It was like 3,000 words or something. Meanwhile, the grow, growing severity of climate disasters threatens to impact... How we produce, source, and ship these goods, raw materials, and food we eat. Product shortages and delays, it seems, are the new normal. So they're kind of trying to get you ready that your life is going to suck and you need to deal with it because it's the, quote, new normal, end quote. And by the way, I hate that term. At the end of the logistics maze is the shopper whose buying tendencies are cultivated and incentivized by a young age. The entire consumer enterprise could be summed up in one Ariana Ariana Grande lyric, I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. Now, this is fun, because Ariana Grande is a leftist. And for years, one of the things she has done is promoted buying stuff and sex. And that's what the left pushes. Now, her demonization is a hypocrisy of the left. Because the reality is, I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. She's actually talking about sex there. And that's what the left pushes. Okay, continuing. If the supply chain problems are expected to persist, however, we must be prepared to curb our shopping habits. Conscious or decreased consumption might not move the needle much on climate change or improve uh, exploitative working conditions faced by those who produce or ship our goods. By the way, you notice that he really doesn't attack China directly. In the next story, we really... I'm going to point that out. Not only is China not creating the, quote, climate crisis, end quote, they're actually trying to help. Because we need to make China into a bunch of frickin' angels. Oh, where, where are we? The alternative isn't moral neutral. We, must we continue to drown our unlimited and unfettered need for more stuff? Or could we start buying less? Thoughtless buying. Okay, this is another thing he said, thoughtless buying. So what would you consider thoughtless buying? Cars, toilet paper, paper towels, beef, chicken? Because that's really what's missing now. In the next story, we'll talk about that. It's not all luxuries that this supply chain crisis is affecting. It's things we need on a daily basis. The left wants to make us into a third world country. That's essentially what they want. They want us like Venezuela. They want us like the Soviet Union. They want us like China. They want us like Cuba. I mean, Bernie Sanders said it himself. He said that bread lines were good, which is kind of sick. Okay, finally, let's let's go all the way to the bottom of the article and talk about the, the last, um, the conclusion paragraphs Reducing one's carbon footprint requires more frugal sacrifices than buying less stuff, such as flying less, eating less meat, using more public transportation. But it's a good place to start. This holiday season offers a bizarre supply chain-induced opportunity to change our shopping habits, to give more thoughtfully, to buy more locally and less overall, Our household, most households are hardwired to splurge on end-of-year gifts. It's unlikely people will ever stop, even if the crisis worsens. The supply supply chain issues, it's not an issue, it's a crisis, can, though, lead us to buy more conscientiously. The mission to buy less with more intention is achievable for everyone, especially affluent shoppers. Again, there's that, there's that, us-and-them mentality of the left. It's incumbent on Americans, the wealthiest people in the world, to cut back on and be critical of their consumption. Plus, if you haven't ordered the Xbox Series X for for the lucky gamer in your life, you might already be out of luck. Which means, screw you. It's a good thing that you can't spend money. That's what it is. How about this? On this whole thing of spend less... Um, you can spend responsibly. Most, a lot of people do. But how about this on this? No. Until the real carbon producers are called out, I don't want to hear about Americans are to blame for all of this supposed climate change crap. I'm tired of hearing about it. And this supply chain, they're just trying to spin into a positive. It's not working. And if we look at Biden's 37% approval rating, while he has 50% disapproval, it's not working either, and articles like this are not helping. As a matter of fact, we're beginning to see the spin. Okay, so Thanksgiving's going to suck if you're cooking this year. I'm sure the left is thrilled about this because Thanksgiving is a white supremacist celebration of genocide against the indigenous people of America? Um, It's not, but I mean, that's what they think. A recent New York Times report found that Thanksgiving 2021 is shaping up to be probably the most expensive meal in the history of the holiday. Uh, A recent October U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics report said, quote, for the year ended In September 2021, the consumer price index for all urban consumers, urban, mind you, increased 5.4%. Over that period, prices for food at home increased 4.5%, driven by a 10.5% increase in prices for meats, poultry, fish, and eggs. Prices for food away from home increased 4.7%. So this is what it found out. Aluminum prices are now the highest they've been in 10 years, which means aluminum foil has gone up. Baked goods are up 2.7%. Vegetables and fruits are up 3%. Non-alcoholic beverages like sodas and milk are up 3.7%. Turkey production is down 1.4%, which means be prepared to pay more and get your turkey early because there are going to be shortages of turkey. We won't even talk about pork. Like, you like ham? Pork is up about 40%. And I'm only basing this on the 12-pack uh, of bacon I have in my refrigerator. Packaged, uh, according to the New York Times, packaged dinner rolls will be pricier because the cost of Almost all the ingredients that commercial bakers use has gone up. Canned cranberry sauce will cost more because domestic steel plants, get this here, this is great, have yet to catch up with the pandemic shutdowns, and China is limiting steel production to reduce carbon emissions. I call BS. China is not reducing anything. As a result, steel prices have remained more than 200% higher than they were before the pandemic. The New York Times did something I want to point out, I believe, probably by accident. It contradicts the Vox article and really the overall thought of the legacy media is not luxuries that are becoming hard. Eggs, milk, non-alcoholic beverages, vegetables and fruits, baked goods. These are not luxuries. These are necessities. And by the way, communists think that food is a luxury. That's the problem. Look at China, Venezuela, Cuba, the Soviet Union. They think food is a luxury, which is really disturbing. It isn't just that it's going to be harder for me to get a PlayStation or an Xbox or a TV or a treadmill like freaking Gensaki said. It's going to be hard for me to get eggs. It's going to be hard for me to buy toilet paper. It's going to be hard for me to buy steak or any beef. This is one thing I want to be very clear. Remember that that crazy ass Green New Deal that AOC implemented that uh, re, uh, produced four years ago, and people were looking at it like that's insane. Everything the Democrats are doing right now goes per the Green New Deal. Forget about beef. Beef causes climate change. What do these places tell you? Stop eating beef. Forget chicken. Chicken is chicken is insane. You, they don't want you eating chicken. CNN actually had a a clip where they were eating bugs. Because they're saying bugs are so good for you and blah, blah, blah. Bugs suck. I would not eat a bug. But if the Democrats have their way, I'm telling you, if the left had its way, I'm telling you, we'd be eating bugs. They're trying to make this into a third world country. And they're justifying it. Okay. Visit my website at dumbasses.talkingpolitics.com. I got some more fun stuff that I'll probably talk about tomorrow. Uh, have a great day. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.